case. We'll have to wait to start it out. Dad's actually a samurai, like uh, old school, like, you know, from back in the day. <laughs> In case somebody walks in here and they they, they want to act up, right? Oh, I just have this ready, just in case. <laughs> All right, guys. Welcome back to uh, the Dad About to Fit podcast. This is Brian. I have Seth, Sam, and Taylor with me today. Sam's over here pulling a katana sword on us right now, so we kind of got distracted. <laughs> but uh, welcome to the show. Before we get into today's content, obviously, we're not doctors or any kind of medical people. We're not recommending the use of anything. This is all covering our own usage of various PED products and um relaying our stories and experience and the little bit of knowledge that we have to you guys for entertainment purposes so keep that in mind this is not a recommendation in any way to do anything check with your doctor uh before we hopped on obviously sam's pulling the katana sword on us we were talking about cryptocurrency so that's a little bit out of uh the scope of our normal discussion but uh, <clears throat> so are our SARMs and peptides right that's not a very common thing to be talked about in mainstream media um it's getting more and more popular in the gym but so is something like crypto and the two kind of tie together because a lot of times guys are buying steroids or SARMs with cryptocurrency. And so as the need for crypto grows, you know, the need for a currency that is not manipulated by the governments is also increasing. And so it kind of ties together to some extent. And Sam is kind of a guru on this kind of stuff. So um, I asked him to share a little bit of information about that this morning to start off the show. So uh, thanks. What's up, guys? Good to see everybody. My mic is officially has fallen off so hopefully it's not like giving a lot of reverb back as i as i have to hold it here throughout the show um but what what do we what do we know about like we one thing we know is that the price of fiat for people who are not familiar with it that's dollars like canadian dollars u.s dollars the euro these are fiat right so this is just fake currency think of fiat as fake currency and we know about that if we look at any type of price history, meaning how they perform relative to asset prices, is that they go down in value, right? So if you're holding something that goes down in value, that's probably not a good strategy. You can look the last 150 years or the 100 plus years or so uh, for different fiats. And, and the value for every single one is like this, right? So you're, you're like, just, just from a standpoint of like, hey, do I want to be better in the future? than I am today, you don't want to hold fiat right? because you right. know the performance of this thing is going to go down in the future, right? But then you get into other stuff like, you guys remember the trucker protest in Canada a year and a half ago, right? Uh, where the government's completely tyrannical and was like, hey, bitch, you need to sit the fuck home and put a diaper in your face, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, and then if you were like, hey, I support what's going on, I'm going to go bring them some lunch. I'm going to go bring them some clean clothes, right? And if you did that, they would be like, hey, Brian, I'm going to steal your money, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. With crypto, not only do you get something that doesn't just go down in value like fiat, but you also get something where they cannot control it like that. You have control of your currency. You have control of your money so that nobody can steal it from you. So, like, if you have a lot of money and you start to be concerned about, like, oh, the government, right, even in the United States, like, the government does crazy shit and they take stuff from people and they do all sorts of, I mean, look, look at the corruption right now with Ukraine and, and like, the guy who calls himself president, right, and his family. With crypto, you can get around all of this stuff. So, when you understand that, like, it's like fiat is the flip phone and the smartphone is crypto where in a very short period of time who the f is going to want a flip phone we don't have flip phones because we all have our minds over there but we all have smartphones sitting in front of us because the capability of a smartphone is a hundred x what a flip phone is it's just way way better whether it's security price performance and for you, brian go ahead you're going to ask something yeah, I was going to throw out there another analogy for that. I think would be kind of appropriate. It would be if you think about fiat currency as like you're a puppet on a string, right? And the string is the fiat currency that everybody's agreed to let control them. And the puppet master is the federal government of whatever country you live in, right? So they are in control of that mutually agreed asset that's a fiat currency. It's not backed by any real value. We got away from the gold standard. So now it's virtually 
printed paper. It's got no value except what we've agreed on as a society that, yes, okay, this $10 is $10 and it's worth X, you know? And so I think that once we step away from that, you know, we don't agree that you can control us with this fake currency anymore. We step over to currency, like cryptocurrency, right? They lose control. And, and so like one really, yes, I agree with you, Brian. Some things that are very important is, have you guys heard the saying, um, possession is nine tenths of the law, right? Our parents have probably all told that shit. Well, like it's in Seth's hands, Sam, that $5 that you say is his, it's in Seth's hands, so it's his, right? From your parents or whatever the case is, right? Well, that's like reality. And that reality holds in crypto. So if you have, they're called sexes with a C-E-X, which is a centralized exchange. So if you have money on like Coinbase or Kraken or Binance, these centralized exchanges have control and have possession of your shit. So what does that mean? Remember that saying, that saying is true in crypto. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. All of the people who had money on FTX lost it because FTX, it's like, Hey, Taylor, I've got all this money. Can you just hold all this money for me? And you're like, Oh, Taylor's a good guy. Taylor's trustworthy. But now Taylor has control of my money and it is in his possession point in the wrong direction. It's in his possession. He's got control of it. That means he can steal my money whenever he wants. So in crypto, you never want to keep your money on a sex, a, C, a centralized exchange, because they can steal your money just like in Canada, just like anywhere in the world. So you, mm-hmm. yeah, you never want to keep it there because it's a big, big. I had a, one full Bitcoin, which is about $20,000 today, stolen from me back in 2014, 2013, because mm-hmm. I helped this dude with like his diet and his training shit. And he was like, and I was like, hey, man, you're good. He said, let me pay you. Let me pay you. And I was like, okay, sure. He's like, I'll pay you this Bitcoin thing. And I was like, okay, cool. I didn't know a lot about it. Started learning about it. He's like, okay, set up an account here at a centralized exchange. Paid me one Bitcoin at the time. It was a hundred bucks. Now it's worth $20,000. And the exchange stole my money. Mm-hmm. So I don't have that Bitcoin anymore. But if I had known what I know today, I would not have lost that money because I would have taken it off of the exchange. But in crypto, it's called not your keys, not your crypto. Meaning if... If I have $20,000 and I give it to Taylor, I'm technically it's mine kind of, right? But in reality, it's, it's Taylor's money now, right? Like you could, you could give it back and that kind of thing, right? But you have to have trustworthy players, but at the, in the same time in crypto. So taking the money off of there. I want to touch on some like very quickly things that you guys might find interesting that you can do in crypto. And if anybody has thoughts or questions, feel free to interrupt me. There's things out there where say you know how in in the space of SARMs in the space of steroids in the space of all this kind of stuff it's challenging to get payment processors because companies right. don't don't want to do business this way right, right. well they, they they want to like control all the details of like how the money flows right because if you can control the money then you can control the population well in crypto space there's ways to obfuscate, which just means hide the track of the money, right? Because if it's electronic, you can track it, right? So there's a way, there's ways to actually obfuscate you, the trowel of money you have in crypto. There are ways, there are, there's a, have you guys all heard of a CD, a yeah. certificate of deposit, right? You go to the bank, you give them their money, they lock it up for a year or whatever, and they give you diddly squat at the end of this. And during that time, you can't touch it. Right. Right. There's that in crypto, but there's no overhead. There's no lease. There's no water bill to pay. There's no employees to pay. It's just all code and you retain control of your keys, meaning you can possession of your money. So there's things like this and you can earn 10% plus a year. There's decentralized casinos, meaning you can go gamble in a state where it's illegal to gamble online using crypto. And if you hold the token, if you hold the token of that protocol, when Seth goes and plays a game, he pays a little fee if he wins. If he wins, whoever the winners pay the fee out of the winnings. 
who gets the fee? The holders of the token. So I could actually get, I can hold this token and I can earn people who go through and play the protocol. There are ways to take, say, a coin. Right now, if you want to switch, say if you have BTC, Bitcoin, and you want to swap that into, say, Ethereum, or you want to swap it into any other token that you'd like. The only way to do that currently for most people in their mind is they have to, they have, okay, Coinbase or Binance or whatever, and then they, they will take that and they'll be like, okay, convert this into something else. Brian, I, we, I showed Brian how to do this. There is a protocol that is decentralized. It's all smart contracts, which just means code that allows you to go from Bitcoin to Ethereum. You don't have to give up your social security number. You don't have to set up an account. You don't have to give your address. You don't have to give any KYC information. So that's know your customer. You can take your any crypto you want and swap it into another crypto of your choice. And nobody can tell you they can't do it. And it runs 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, unlike a bank that closes at 4 p.m. on a Friday and doesn't open until 9, 9 a.m. on a Monday. Like this is mm-hmm. the, like we're living a global fucking environment. Like you can't do business that way. Like we, we, we're working 24 hours, like every single day. I'm assuming you guys do the same thing. Every single day we're working. Like I yeah. work every single day, seven days a week. And some days maybe it's like, okay, I'm doing six hours worth of work instead of 10 hours worth of work, right? But we're working every single day. So you want to be able to use your money and you can't use your money if it's after five o'clock on a fucking Friday. Ridiculous, right? right? In that same protocol or other protocols, if you're like, I, I like what I have, I don't need to swap it to something else, but it's kind of just sitting here not doing anything. So you can take your crypto and put it into the, this is called um, a DEX, so a centralized exchange and a decentralized exchange. So in a decentralized exchange, you can put in your cryptocurrency into a smart contract, which is code. Then when Seth comes and he's like, I got BTC and I want to switch it to Ethereum, he pays a small fee and you earn the fee. I've just been talking uh, nonstop here because I'm super excited about this stuff. <laughs> There's so many different things you could do in crypto. You know, I was I was just thinking as you were talking um, about that. I know they have like crypto ATM machines, but what if they had like crypto slot machines and stuff like that, like down the road, like where you don't even have to pay with your credit card or whatever. You just type in a number or you put in your chip for like, you know, when you go to the casino, like wouldn't that Online be- casinos. They've, they've got stuff like that. They've not, got stuff like that. Not even online casinos. It would be inside like, like a casino, like, and it's just like an ATM machine, but you're using like a crypto based slot machine. Like, wouldn't that be cool? Like, you're just paying with crypto and trading, and you're earning on top of that and just building money. And then, like, you don't even have to worry about losing a percentage of your, your income, right? Like, <laughs> well, and this really is all about taking back control of yourself as a person, you know, like, just like we're doing with SARMs and talking about the other PEDs peptides and stuff like that like we're taking back control of our own health and fitness with those products right so why don't you do the same thing with your financial health our financial health is very important you know i mean they say money can't buy happiness but sure as hell if you don't have it you're not going to be as happy as when you do right they said it magnifies your problems but in realistic you know in reality if if you've got kids like you know this started out as a dad channel on youtube right if you've got kids it's your job to be a good parent and do you want to send your kids to good private school or do you want them to go to a shitty public school right well the private school costs money how are you going to do that if you can't control your money and it's the basic things like that you know what happens someday when you know you take somebody food who's protesting for a cause you enjoy like sam's talking about in canada and all of a sudden you lose access to all of your money because you're using a fiat currency right it's all about it's time for humanity to take back individual control. Individual self-responsibility is huge right now. Nobody in society seems to have self-responsibility. And so by taking this step forward and becoming men who can take responsibility for ourselves and take control of ourselves and do it in a way that is beneficial for ourselves and everybody around us, it benefits society. It benefits our kids to see an adult like that. And it's going to benefit the generations to come because when we're old sitting in a care home or trying to retire whatever and our kids are in charge of the government we want them to be running things in the way that is going to be beneficial not just for society going forward but so that we can survive and enjoy retirement 
you know, without having to have four or five jobs. I completely agree. There's, there's a, um, there's other, like you, you name it out there and there's protocols out there that like a protocol think of is like a crypto as like a coin of some sort, right? A token of some sort. Um, and a lot of them are scams and a lot of them are garbage, but there is a protocol out there, which we've all heard about AI recently over the last like 90 days, right? Because over the last like six, we've been hearing about it for a while, but it's just more and more and more into the consciousness of, of society as humans, right? And that's because it's going to impact and touch everything in society. But how does it operate today? Google or Facebook or Tesla or Apple controls it, right? It's in a silo. And they're not sharing it so that we can participate or benefit from it other than buying the product and using Siri on Apple or buying a Tesla and letting the car drive itself, right? Or using Bing or like using Google search and, and whatnot and things like this or like ChatGPT, right? Well, mm -hmm. there is a uh, protocol out there that is combining blockchain. So this is permissionless, meaning like 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, you're, you're in another country, so you're not allowed to do things, right? You're, you're, black you're not allowed to do things you're white you're not allowed to do things you're short you got a fucking mustache like you know how there's always somebody that's trying to tell you that you can't do something based upon right. your race you're your, like how tall you are how fat you are how like whatever it is like they're just telling you you can't do something right well right. there's this protocol so it's blockchain and ai is being built on top of it so instead of having like some bitcoin is mined by like all four of us trying to solve the same exact cryptographic problem. Let's think of it as a math problem. We're all trying to solve the same math problem. And Taylor gets the math problem correct. So then the energy I put forth, the energy Seth puts forth, and the energy that Bryant puts forth, our energy is just like, okay, cool. Well, we missed that one, right? But we're, the energy is kind of wasted, so to speak, right? Because Taylor gets all the reward from mining in the next block. He gets a block reward. He gets more BTC, Bitcoin. Well, mm -hmm. What if you took all of that energy and you used it to develop AI? And that's what this protocol, that's what this protocol is doing. It's developing an open AI. So anybody in the world can access to it. If you want to contribute to it in terms of like, you know how AI fucking works and the algorithms and stuff like that, you can go mine this thing and contribute. Your contribution to the network means that you get value from the network because you earn, right? Like mm -hmm. this is the, in my opinion, this is the type of framework people are going to use to build companies in the future. Because like you can't have your, it's, it's, it's not going to be the same right now. We have like people who own capital benefit when the stock market goes up. Most people don't own a lot of stock. Most people don't own a lot of assets. So they don't have any effing benefit when that shit goes up and the government <laughs> Go ahead, That's stop. another great topic. I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's another great topic for another podcast is what's the difference between an asset and a liability? Because people have a completely wrong idea of what an asset is and what a liability is in my experience. What, 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 what do you think that is? What would you say is an asset and what would you say is a liability? Okay. So an asset is anything that's going to grow in value and put money in your pocket. And a liability is anything that costs money and doesn't, doesn't grow in value. So for example, people say their home is an asset, right? And that is wrong because you live in your home. So if you lose your job, you can't pay your mortgage. Now it's a liability. You're responsible for paying that mortgage. And now you have a major liability. You're probably going to lose what you thought was an asset because it's actually a liability versus if you have a rental property, let's say a fourplex, right? That's an asset because every month that is paying for itself and is putting money into your pocket, right? That's an asset. It grows with value over time. The income from it increases yeah. over time. It's putting more money back into your pocket. And regardless of what you do with yourself, that is a separate asset that is going to be benefiting you financially. A vehicle uh, is a major liability. <laughs> I think you mentioned something really important that your, your home, like you lose your job, now it becomes a liability. And right. I think one really big like asset or liability people don't pay attention to is the people they spend time with in their life. That's huge. Yeah. Um, Non-financial, not directly financial, but yes, financially um, relatable. It's definitely important. 
those 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 people that are around your life if you're not like and and people don't like that person in your life that could be an asset today tomorrow might be a liability right and so it's, it's not like something that's perpetually always like okay this is this person is an asset and that means they're an asset for the rest of their life shit changes but and that that could also be your house or like other assets right a business could be an asset because it's dumping off cash flow at some point that could flip and now be a liability right look at all the big box stores like jc pennies you know those were huge assets with investors on the stock market everything else and they turned into a big liability because they went upside down they weren't involving with time and technology and so on and so forth um but yeah they say you become the sum of the five people you spend the most time with and this is so true and people don't realize it you know i see a lot of guys they go out there they work their job five days a week they come home you know they sit down drink a beer watch tv and that's the end of their day right and then on the weekends they go to a buddy's house watch football drink a beer and talk about the game and their favorite football player or whatever else there's no added value to that lifestyle right so if you instead of that same routine break it up on the weekend go hang out with some guys who are actually multimillionaires who understand business real estate whatever and can teach you something and by being around them you don't even have to like pry information out of them or try to be a have them be a mentor to you just being around them you learn so much stuff right and over time that starts coming into action and you start evolving in that direction building value building yourself learning growing moving forward there's um i i did this a, a while ago a number of years ago you know how you said like money can't buy happiness right yeah well i would dare anybody to actually go through and take the time and most people who are effing lazy and will not actually do this get a notebook out right i have these all the time because i'm constantly writing shit down get a notebook out and all of the things that you say are problems or issues or frustrate you in your life and write them down and that list is six for some people and 37 or at 197 for other people. Now, if you look at your list of 25 different things that are frustrating problems, issues in your life, right? Almost every single one of them can be improved with money. So you're yep. like, money is not the issue. Money is the issue for fuckloads of people because yep. it's like, oh, my girlfriend and I fight because she wants to go to out to eat and I want to invest. That sounds like a fucking money issue, right? Like, yep. oh, I want to eat better food, but it's hell it's like so expensive or whatever the case is. Cool. That's a fucking money issue. Oh, hey, well, I don't want to drive an hour to work every day to this other thing or whatever the case is. Cool. You can create a new job. You can create something brand new that generates income. And that sounds like a money issue. Like almost all of these things are just money issues that like increasing income, increasing the skills and the capacity of the individual solves almost every single thing on that list for people. And they don't realize it and they don't focus. They don't actually try to solve that. Cause that's like, if you were like, what's the biggest thing that could impact all the problems in my life, right? That would probably be like the intelligent thing to focus on. Right. If you've got a right. list of 46 problems and you're like, Hmm, 46 problems. Is there one thing that I could distill this whole list down to so that if I focus in one area instead of 47 different areas, in that one area will help impact all of these 47 things in a positive manner? A lot of it is money. Massively. Mm -hmm. Kellen, what's good, bro? Oh, you know, it's living the Canadian dream, sleeping until 9.30, you know. <laughs> They're late than never, boys. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, uh, let me grab some insight and then I'll pipe in when I can. But uh, Taylor, you have been um, uh, patient and, and I know that you, at least we don't talk all the time, but we've had a relationship for a short period of time and you uh, come across as very smart but also as a person who is able to absorb information and, and, and process the information and, and think about it. Um, we've been talking about several things for 20 minutes now, right? Related to crypto, related to mindset or business or money. What are some of your thoughts on some of the things that we've been talking about? I'm just taking it in, man. I'm, I honestly don't really know a lot about crypto. I've, I've never really studied it or, you know, thought about it really. This goes um, back to me bugging Sam for the last six months, and he's created a damn course so people can buy it online, sit down, have like an 80 hour video course and an ebook to go with it, and actually learn the stuff step by step. So, I, I mean, uh, you know, after this video, you want to fill me in with all the information you want to give me, I'll take it because I'm always trying to be successful in everything that I do. So, and if this is, I mean, I got a pension at my job, so I don't, I don't put anything into my, my retirement, but. I mean, if 
I also have a lot of disposable income too, that I could start putting towards, you know, something like crypto that obviously is going to be a big thing here in about, you know, seven years. Crypto and rental real estate. Yeah. So that, that me and my girlfriend were actually talking about that. She wants to, she wants to build a house on a piece of property and just let it collect value. And then where we live now is actually her, one of her parents' houses, but we want to build on this land. It's about, about a hundred acres that we live on right now. And we just, uh, we're probably just going to buy a modular home whenever we get that done, you know, the next five or 10 years and just build on this property. And that way everything will be paid for. And not one thing we'll have it. Yeah. Go ahead. Think about this just to throw a monkey wrench into things for you. If instead of building a single family home, what if you went and bought a duplex that needed to be remodeled, right? And you moved into one side of it. And then as you live there for the next couple of years, you fix it up. So now you have an asset. It's not a liability anymore, right? So you have a duplex. One side is being rented out and bringing money in every month. So part of the mortgage or most of the mortgage is going to be covered. Now you have rental income, right? You also have massive tax deductions because of the value of the home being uh, deducted over what is 27 and a half years from your taxes, right? So you have a massive write-off on your taxes every single year, which can also be written off of your earned income. Okay. And now the sweat equity you put into repainting, maybe fixing up the landscape, putting in new appliances, increases the value of the home even more. Right. Now you have an asset that you've forcibly increased in value through sweat equity. It's bringing money in every month. It's giving you tax write offs every year. So it's saving you significant money every year on taxes. Plus, it's taking it's taking the hit out of your pocket from that mortgage. Right. Now you could go refinance it, pull that cash out and put cash down on another one. Now you have two duplexes bringing in your money every month. You've got virtually no money out of your pocket because it's paying for itself and the money for the down payment came out of the first place, right? Now you could go build your single family home. You've got four renters paying the mortgages on both places. You got say half a million dollars in real estate now paying for itself and putting money in your pocket every month. Now you live in your single family home. You've got write-offs from both of those properties on your taxes every year. Now you're probably not gonna pay any taxes every year and you're probably not gonna pay taxes at all anymore plus you got money coming in every month plus you have an asset that's increasing in value well i also talked to a guy he he bought tax forfeiture properties because you can get some of those dirt cheap yeah and he said that he i can't remember how much of a loan he got from the bank but he ended up buying five properties and within a year they paid for themselves yeah, because he spent all the money in remodeling them and then just turned them into rental houses. I think he said he owns uh, 20 rental houses now and everything's paid for because they were all tax forfeiture properties. Well, are, are all you guys American? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen what like the uh, interest rates going up to in Canada? People are losing their homes like this. Really? What are the rates at uh, there? Mortgages are up a thousand bucks a month with interest rates right now. What are their interest yeah. rates right now? It's uh, something like. Oh, fuck it. I have to look it up. It's over 8%. Fuck so, it. wow. That's so, uh, so like, like if you don't own a home right now, like you are so lucky because a lot of people, they buy outside of their means. They bought, they, they afford the maximum that they can spend. They're like, Oh, if I can afford a million dollar home and, and pay a $4,000 a month mortgage. Well, now that mortgage is, is, is uh, 5,000, 6,000 a month, if not more. And Ka- people are losing their homes. We're losing everything right now. Yeah. Ka- Kellen, um, yeah. There's, uh, I just learned this uh, a couple months ago. Yeah. So uh, this was new for anybody that's in the United States about Canada. Canada does does shit differently than we do in terms of loans. You'd think they do it the same, but in Canada, uh, they don't do 30-year loans like we do. They do like three, five, seven, 10-year loans. So that means it's great for the bank because then you get a refinance. And who makes money on the refinance? The bank does, right? So every couple of years in Canada, you need to refinance. That's fucking awesome for the bank. Kellen, here in the United States, we do 30-year fixed rate mortgages. So like right. there's people that have like, uh, Seth probably has a locked in rate of like three and a half percent for 30 effing years. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, the total default rate in the US was, was much higher than Canada though. Canada has one of the lowest default rates on mortgages in the world. It's uh, because mm-hmm. to get a loan here, it's so fucking hard. Um, and you also have to put down more money too. Yeah, you do. You definitely do. But like, if you look at like, obviously the U.S. Had, the U.S. dollar is worth more. There's more wealth in the United States than there is in Canada. But that's simply due to the population and with 
um, with a lot of wealth in the U.S., there's also a lot of poverty. Right? I say, like, say, I, I uh, I'm going to go off of what Sam said. Yeah, you get like a locked-in rate, but if you refinance, then the rate either goes down over time, or it will change because um, it just depends on, like you said, like if you get a thirty-year loan or not. Um, it all depends on what you do to your house after that, because then it could definitely change. Like I, I, I was set at like a low rate of like, let's say, eight forty-five a month, like for my my mortgage, and then after I refinanced, it went up again like another 60 to 70 dollars and then now it's going down finally because then it like over time the value goes down after you refinance your home i don't know how exactly it works but i'm sure sam could probably explain more about that yeah like like oh sorry let me just throw this in here quick i think my plan is like opposite of what all you guys are thinking i'm like two years kids are grad and getting the fuck out of canada buying in thailand <laughs> like yeah i'm going to say something like fuck this dude i'm out because there's no like, you, you guys can't call this shit. No one knows what's going to happen. The world is in uh, y'all mind fuck right now and no one can call it. Like if I was, if I was you and I didn't have, and you have all this capital, I would just hoard that shit and wait for the right time. When, when everyone defaults on their mortgages, you're going to have your, uh, your cream of the crop to choose to choose from. With that being said, let's say you buy all these homes at a low rate. What happens now? Like what happens? What happens when this happens again in 10 years? Like we don't know what the future holds here. Like they're talking about subdividing cities into 15 minute cities. They're trying to do an Edmonton right now. Do you, do you guys know what I'm talking about? The 15 yeah, minute bullshit. I've heard the 15 minute city thing, but I haven't heard the other. Oh yeah, like uh, like honestly, boys, and I don't know if this is a whole the podcast, but this shit is turning me into an anarchist. I will burn yeah. down the buildings if I have to. I don't give a fuck. Funny because we were just talking about cryptocurrency before you hopped on, and how people need to start taking responsibility for their own finances and take that control away from the governments. Yeah, yeah, but but see now the government they're getting their dirty little fingers in that too, right? So they're what they're planning on doing is digital IDs, and then they're also the the adult, like the U.S. is in so much debt right now, and their buyout is supposed to be switching to a digital currency that could and, and then what they want to do if you read the fine print is they're trying to control where people can spend their money what they can yep. spend money on and how and it has an expiry date on it with this whole crypto setup in regards to banks and Kellen, Kellen. so they they have they're coming out china already has one for their digital yuan. Yes. the there's cbdc's the, yes. the central bank digital currencies or something like that uh and what uh Kellen is saying is 100 percent correct so i'm Kellen, I don't know if you, if you missed the first part of the show, but like I do a crypto show every day, like seven days a week. Uh, it's generally like I'll talk to founders of projects and just try to learn and learn because there's so much to learn. So I'm just perpetually learning in this environment. And the people that I like talk to and that I interact with in crypto, if I were to come out as Sam, if I were to come out with my own project, meaning a token coin, right? And I'm like, hey, guys, this is what I'm doing. And it was structured in the same way as a CBDC. Anybody with any functioning gray matter understands that that's a rug pull. So like mm-hmm. the masses, the peons, those people will be in CBDCs and they will be controlled by CBDCs. Because then if I don't want Taylor to buy beef, cool, bro, your money does not work to buy beef, period. Yeah. It's programmable money, right? Yeah. And like, while there might be a profit, while there might be profit in it for a short time, like what happens again when when the government just pulls those strings, right? It's like, it's a scary thing for me. Um, You know, me personally, I'm not actually, I'm actually against cryptocurrency. I I think it has a lot of benefits to us now, but I think ultimately if everything goes the way that it may go, I think it may totally. Please, please, please. I'd I'd love to hear why you think that, crypto is is a is a negative thing when we have we literally have dog shit that we have right now for currency called fiat right so yeah. i and i'd like to have this conversation and i before we before you answer that um i brian and and, and seth and taylor like i would like to i like these conversations and i think that having a broader topic space i don't know if you guys enjoy these conversations but oh, yeah. like crypto business Real estate, investing, PEDs, mindset. I think that having this conversation, these are the type of people and the things that I would like to talk about 24 hours a day, seven days oh, a yeah. week. You want to talk about football? Cool. Like, go talk to one of your other friends who likes football. 
I don't give a yeah, shit about any of that stuff <laughs> at all. <laughs> like that's what this is about. Uh, one thing though, Kellen, if you have earbuds, if you could put those on, we're getting a lot of feedback from your side. But before we get into this back and forth here between you two, um, I think the the difference is that Canada is going for a government controlled cryptocurrency, right? Whereas here in the United States, we're looking at stuff that we can control individually. The government doesn't have control at this time over these things like Bitcoin or Hex or whatever asset you're buying on the cryptocurrency, right? Yeah. Uh, how's the feedback now? Is it better? Yeah. I just tried to yeah. crank my volume way down. Okay. Um, Kellen, so what is you, – you were just saying, hey, I think crypto is bad. I think that there's actually a lot of people – who don't understand crypto, who also think the same thing. So tell, can you walk us through your thought process and why you think that crypto is bad? I will definitely, um, back just um, answering Brian there. So like, yeah, uh, Canada is very officially more corrupt than your government right now. If you, if, if you want my opinion, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but if they're doing it here, what do you think they're going to do in the U S same shit? It's going to happen. Right. Um, so why do I think it's bad? I'm going to like, I have a sour, I'm a bit sour about it. And the reason why is because I've lost so many students when the, with the crypto boom came and the Bitcoin boom came and literally every single one of them lost money. I know people have lost like hundreds of thousands of dollars and that like, whatever people lose money in every business. It doesn't matter what business is. It is. Um, the reason why I didn't like it, I don't like trendy things. That's what it is. And the reason why I, I, I hated Bitcoin when it came out, number one, I lost a lot of clients to it. They all failed miserably. And then they all just crash and burn, number one. Number two, because it's trendy. So again, I'm not talking about today. I'm talking about like 2017, 2018, 2019. Like that shit was lit up, right? Mm -hmm. And so like all these people are hopping on There's videos nowhere, everywhere you go, every social media platform, it's crypto, 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 crypto. So what happens? All these soccer moms, soccer dads know nothing about uh, trading or nothing about Bitcoin, nothing about crypto. They start investing their money into it. What happens? Stock goes up. You got these big fucking players that's got, that got millions in the game and then they sell their stock. What happens? It's like it's like a shitty game of duck, duck, goose. Everyone throw your money in and the biggest players pull their money out first. They get rich. Everyone else suffers. You know what I mean? There's, it's uh, I don't know if there's there's regulations around it now. Uh but it was just, it was just a dark game to me back then, and and because people didn't know how to do it properly, and there's so many again soccer moms and soccer dads invested, a lot of people um, just lost money, and all of the people who knew what the fuck they were doing, they just they made a killing. So, you know, it's the way of the world. But uh, do you, do you? So this is inter this is interesting. So like, um, you um, can run. Facebook ads and you know how to run them in such a manner where if your objective gives you 20, 40, 60, 80 bucks, then you're, you, you understand how to do that in a profitable manner. Correct. Correct. Okay. Okay. So think about this for a second in the crypto space, you have the exact same thing. Okay. So just because a tool somebody doesn't know how to use does it, and I'm not I'm not trying to like give you a hard time at all. Like I had no idea how to do this a year and a half ago. Okay, yeah. but because you don't know how to use a tool, does it, I don't know how to. I'm not great at Facebook ads. I don't know how to use Facebook. I've never run Facebook ads in a profitable manner. I've run Facebook ads. I've learned. I've run yeah. Facebook ads. I've learned, and every single time I've spent money without getting a return in terms of cash back. I've got learnings from it, but I haven't. So when you get into the crypto space or understand the crypto space, you don't need a trade to make money. That's a fallacy. That's just like people like that's what people will sell people because that's how th that's what like you could do that. But there's far safer, way better options to do that. And, and the same thing in terms of people losing money. But so you're talking about like, OK, the people in the know will sell at the top and everybody else who came in after them is losing money on that. Right. So what you're describing is every other fucking market in the fucking planet like literally every other market in the effing fucking planet is exactly what you just described right exactly 100 percent. well like i'm maybe spending money on facebook ads to sell a product so the difference would be the person sees the ad they buy the product they get the product for the money spent whereas with bitcoin they just invest the money expecting to make it via the trendy investment and then they lose everything there's no product it's just an investment that failed miserably 
Why do you think it's trendy? What do you mean by trendy when you it, say trendy? I don't, like, again, like, I just kind of blot away from it now, but I don't even know if it's the same as it was. Like, I'm talking, like, 2018, 2019, right? Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is, is it, you will definitely have trends. We're going to have another one of those runs in the next 12 to 36 months uh, where you're, everybody and their mother is going to be involved yeah. uh, in all this kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, I think we have a question here. I don't know if you guys want to get out of our topic for a second. But <laughs> what is a Chad bod? I don't know what that is, but maybe uh Brian you could <laughs> go on that one. Chad Chad is like a alpha, like another way to describe an alpha type of like somebody <laughs> who's very masculine or like somebody who has the shit together, somebody who's tall, maybe good looking, like in shape, you know, has money or whatever the case is. I don't know. I've met well, some questionable Chads in my life. <laughs> Did you guys already hit the the dad bod combo? Did I miss that this morning? You're right. No, oh, we just no, started off with crypto. Oh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. What, what we normally do, Kellen, is we answer questions that we have in the Facebook groups or anything related to PDs or SARMs or whatever, and then we answer them if they pop up on the screen or if they're in the comments. We we just try and get them their questions going. So if you want to talk about anything related to that too, we could probably get something going right now since we're off topic. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a, a great thing you guys are doing with your time and helping people out and answering questions as you go. I think this is awesome. So on that question real quick, I think that there's a difference between a dad bod. Like the whole idea of a dad bod is this guy who's basically out of shape. You know, you got the beer belly, just sits around doing nothing. And that's where the idea for this channel came about uh, because Back when I got out of the military, I was pretty fit. A couple years later, I ran into a buddy of mine. He's like, dude, you've really developed a dad bod. I was fat as fuck. I didn't like it. I was like, okay, I'm going to get fit. And so that's where the process started. That's where the channel name came from. The idea behind that is that I want to help other guys get rid of what that traditional dad bod is and get into shape. So there, you have a dad bod that is actually fit, healthy, well-functioning, right? So I don't think you can really compare the two because a dad bod in the traditional sense isn't isn't something that is desirable in any kind of way, right? It's unhealthy. It's not going to last. You're going to be broke down. You're going to die early, die unhealthy. You're not going to live to see your grandkids and go hiking mountains with them kind of thing, right? Um, and another thing, I think, Kellen, you brought up a really good point on the cryptocurrency that I wanted to go back to. <clears throat> and, um, and that was the trend thing and how people hop onto a trend and lose their ass. And, and, away from crypto, I think that's extremely true in the fitness sense because we see a lot of people hop into something like a SARM. They have no freaking idea what it is, how it works, how it's going to affect them, what they have to do in conjunction with the use of that product. And then they wind up getting some nasty side effects and go black it back and blame the product. Same thing is happening with cryptocurrency where people hop on it because it's cool and trendy. They don't have a fucking clue about it. And then they lose their ass, right? So it happens all across the board. I mean, you saw... In, in America in 2007, 8, and 9, people were out buying homes on balloon mortgages and then losing their ass a couple years later because they didn't understand what a balloon mortgage rate was, right? So it happens all across the board and everything. You're always going to see people losing oh. their butt on something, and then they blame that something, and it's actually their lack Dude, of understanding that something. I could not agree with you more. Like, if you guys want cold, hard truth, I'm just going to give it to you raw and real. That's what I do. I don't give a fuck. I have no filter. The reason why the whole world is not successful and has money and is prospering is because most people are fucking lazy, period. I've coached people, dude, um, over a thousand people on our system right now, 50% don't do anything. They spend the money for coaching and they never even start. Why is that? I, th I think it's because people want to feel like they're doing something with their lives. It right. makes them feel like they're taking an effort, right? I'm not um, Keelan said though, because uh, like yeah. I, I've done coaching in the past, but even if they don't hire a coach, they're still going to be lazy no matter what. Everyone is like technically going to have their own lazy. Like we talked about this last week, I think, or two weeks ago. If someone's going to be lazy, it, it's all like depending on their personal mindset. They could change it and change their habits. Because I just – I literally had someone like message me the other day and they're like, oh, I'm on Anovar and testosterone and I'm not seeing my weight go down. I'm like, no, it's all up to your fucking back, bro. Like, you know, like you're not seeing any results. And yeah. he's, like, he's blaming the product from basically like scapegoating like his diet. He's like, or he, like two seconds later, he was like, I'm not like putting a name out there or anything, but um, he said he was like, oh, 
I'm going to blame the roids that when I was younger. Like he's he's blaming something that happened way long ago when it's not your you know that issue. It's yourself basically. You know. Oh, exactly. The blame game. People people when people suck at something, they like to blame something else for sure. And when I made that statement, I was mainly talking around business coaching and people starting a business to make money. Mind you, the same rule of thumb is applicable to fitness as well, right? Um, at, at the end of the day, if, if anything worth having is not easy to get. And if it was easy to get, no one would want it, right? Exactly. It's, uh, I could go on for hours about this, dude. I have so much knowledge around this shit. It's crazy just around people, the way the mind works. Um, I've seen it all in the last six years, dude. I, I really I have. That you're- I just put the effort to do, sorry to interrupt. I, I think if anyone just put the effort to do a little bit more, into something like it doesn't even have to be fitness related it could be like something like you know back to business or crypto or whatever yeah. if someone has a passion for their like their personal interest they could do whatever they want to do because it's all in their mind it's not like that one person oh like i'm lazy as fuck or whatever it just gotta do it to get somewhere if not they're just gonna be stuck in a rut for like over so long you know sorry no no so i want to i think i think we all probably agree on this and I think that something that would probably be really useful to anybody who listens or watches this or potentially every other people who are here, um, let's, let's take that idea, right? Because we, we all agree that a lot of people, whether it's in their fitness life, whether a lot of people have shitty fucking relationships with their wife, girlfriends, friends, family, they have poor uh, uh, um, like financial habits and things like this. So we're... We're like, how does, I think some people don't understand how to start or, cause I do, I do believe that the innately within humans, there's a desire to get better. And, and, and a lot of people like push that to the side or they don't, they don't like pay attention to it. Or you have people that are very successful financially and they're fat fucking slobs and the relationship sucks and they don't have like, um, any, like you could call it spiritual, you could call it like whatever you want peace up here so to speak right because they're, they're not peaceful like calm in their mind about their life and and how they are so how do everybody like how does somebody go through and get started right like if we're trying to give somebody a framework just do it how to get started so so people say just do it right and they don't know how to do it because they don't know what to do even though once you take six steps, you realize that like, oh, that was simple, right? But people in their minds have a roadblock because they don't feel like they understand what just doing it is, right? Kellen, you talk to shitloads of fuckers and they, you tell them to just get started, but they don't, they, don't, they don't know what just getting started means. Yeah. You know what the key is, Sam, is that everyone's, they're stuck in a, in, a, in a safe space. You know, the worst place that you can be in your life is making a comfortable 65, 70K a year because no one wants to change from that. It's the, the, the most successful people that I coach came from shit like me. They, they started with these kids, they steal groceries, they were fucking homeless, foster care, they've been through the shit. And it's not up until a person hits that point of desperation in their lives where they think to themselves, shit has to happen. That's when that, that person takes action, period. 95% of people will not ever step outside of that comfort zone until they are desperate, until it's do or fucking die, period. So, so if somebody's listening, right, and they're making 75K a year and they're comfortable with where yeah. they're at, they understand there's that desire inside of them to improve their life, whether financial, relationships, spiritual, uh, uh, fitness-wise, they want to get better. Uh, where, how do you, like, feed with fire, so to speak. For, oh, sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll let you answer right after Seth. Find out what you love, do what you love. I've started five businesses. Three of them I had no passion for, they both failed. The other two made me millions, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, I agree with I agree with that. But I'm like also going with what Sam said too. Um, like he even get he he told me yesterday, he was like, You're you know, Seth, you're you're capable of doing way so much more, like you don't even know, like you know. Um, you, you could multitask with so many different things and you just got to like put the effort to do it. Like, you know, I think sometimes like even myself, like, you know, this goes back to the laziness, like I, I'm being comfortable. So if you're like com- comfortable in a situation, I, I advise like everyone just to like, I'm not even saying do it, but like just to try something different because you don't know how far like in the environment you can get to unless you actually try and do it because you can actually 
make more money or if you want to like lose weight, if it, for instance, like you could actually get there, especially if you have a coach guiding you or looking up to someone, not necessarily you have to hire anyone, but this is like going back to the gym, find someone that works out and that's better than you and start from there. Find someone that's bigger at the gym. If you want to get big, like it's, it's all like the same kind of thing, you know? I think something to point out here that we've kind of brushed over, it's been said, but indirectly, is that when you are comfortable, you're no longer growing or improving in that area. So if you're financially, if if you're comfortable living at $75,000 a year, you're not growing, right? If you're comfortable with your workout routine, you're not growing, right? If you're comfortable with your diet, you're not getting leaner and more muscular, right? There's no aspect in life where if you are comfortable you're growing, right? They're all, you always have to be pushing that boundary of discomfort and pushing that limitation and, and pushing to reach a new level in order to grow, right? Yep. You could can, you can be happy saying $75,000 a year and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to grow, it's not going to happen while you're comfortable. One, one of the areas for me that I found very helpful over the years is when, when you – when you're in that space where you're like, you're like, okay, cool. I'm good. Like, you know, I, I, I make enough money to live on. I'm able to save a little bit of money. Um, and you know, I'm able to go on a vacation every year or whatever the case is. I buy the shit that I relatively kind of want to do mm-hmm. is focusing on expanding myself in terms of the vision, right? Like you don't know what to do, but, but uh, there's like a shitload of things that I want, Right. And focusing on expanding, and, and I have four areas that are important to me: relationships, friends, people I do business with, family members, my girlfriend, etc. Fitness is very important to me. Spiritual, whether that's in a whether like you know church type stuff or just the mental peace that you you comes with, like you know spirituality or whatever you want to say, calmness up here kind of thing, and and money. Right. So those are the four areas that I'll focus on and expanding my vision for each one of those areas, because then Brian, that's a good point. Focusing on like, if you're complacent or you're like comfortable, if I'm focusing on like, I'm almost making myself uncomfortable because I want, I want a, like a supercar. I want to have multiple, we were talking, I think Kellen brought this up or some, I want literally one of the things on my list of things to do is to start working on getting my Italian passport through lineage. Uh, and it, these are, these are things that I want to go through and do. Like I want to do business with people that I enjoy having conversations with. I want to travel for business in ways where I go to places where I want to go, that I see people that I want to interact with. And I want to have the conversations around things that are important to me, right? Those four areas of things that are important to me, right? So I'd like to do all, have my whole life structure on this. And when I, the more I expand my vision, the more it allows me to see like taking more and more action or like that, 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 like if people don't know where to start, if you're going through and you look at your vision and you're like, I don't have a vision. Cool. Just think about things that you want, right? Think about things that you'd be like, I want to be more happy. Great. Fucking awesome goal. What does that mean? Like, think about those types of things. Hey, you want a bigger apartment? Fucking awesome. You want to add $10,000 to your? Great. You want to improve your relationship? Great. What does that mean? Right. And just co- focus on continually expanding that because that is here. That's here. Right. We start changing this and then the bullshit around you in the physical <laughs> starts changing because I'm changing this by expanding my vision of what I want. Like all of the shit and, and the areas that are important to me, my relationships with people, the spiritual things, the fitness things, the money things, just continually, for me, this has been really, really helpful. Do you guys have areas or things like, go ahead. Well, so like, so Sam, like the average individual has 80 to 90,000 subconscious and conscious thoughts per day. So we're mm-hmm. wired from the time our children to think a certain way, what is possible, what we're capable of and what we're not via preschool, grade school, elementary, high school, college, our parents, etc. Right. So to just tell someone to start thinking differently, it's not ever going to happen. It takes a long time to sort of reprogram your mind and kind of back what I had said before is, you know, you either have to be desperate or you need to have confidence in yourself. 
the most valuable thing inside my soul right now is my confidence to know that anything that I love, anything I put my mind to, I will fucking win at. But I never had that prior to being successful in my first business. So if you guys are like stuck and you're like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm working like a nine to five. It's okay. I'm not really, you know, getting anywhere, but I don't hate it. And I don't really know what to do here. Just figure out like kind of what Sam said, you know, think about what you want more of and where you want to be in five or 10 years. And then, you know, really narrow in on what you love. If you do something you love every single day, it's not, it's not work to you and you're going to excel at it. You may suck when you start, but like anything else, we get, we get better with it every single day. Right. Um, Oh man, I could just keep going with this. Uh, no, uh, this is, I, I agree. Uh, Taylor, you were about to say something. This, I think this is a valuable conversation that we should, more, this type of stuff should be in the ether more than what it currently is. There's bullshit out there. Well, like, go ahead, Taylor. like going back to, you know, like, help, like, you know, growing and becoming a better person, you know, like never in a million years would I ever thought that I would become a seller for, you know, two reputable companies. And, Honestly, whenever the opportunity was laid in my lap, I was like, I don't even know what to do. Obviously, I know about the compounds and I can educate people on them, but I'm not a people person. Like, I, I, I don't like people. But whenever I jumped out of that comfort zone and, you know, started talking to people, you know, through the Internet and, you know, helping them reach their goals and stuff, I absolutely love it. And then in the process of doing that, it has, you know, put forth more goals for me to hit like, okay, well maybe I could, I, but it's, it's kind of a, a personal goal, but I want to sell to everybody. I want to sell to at least one person in every 50 States in the United States. I, I mean, that would be, that would be, that would be cool to me, but, and also in the process of doing that, you know, I've also started personal training some people as well. So I'm jumping into that aspect of things. And then also, I, I don't know, like it's, it's just, whenever I open myself up to other opportunities and I actually put effort forward, it helps everything else around me. Like the relationship with me and my girlfriend is better than ever. The relationship with my kids has gotten way better as well. Cause I, I feel like I'm more attentive to their needs because I'm, I'm reprogramming my mind to be attentive to other people because they want to tell me their goals and you know, like where they want to be in six months, three, three or six months or whatever. So what I like to tell people is in order for you to, to get or, or want something or how, how would you, uh, in order for you to, uh, to have something you've never had before, you're going to have to do something you've never done before. Yes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't understand that. And I feel like, you know, in the fitness industry, you know, a lot of people say jump right in, you know, and that works for some people. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that doesn't. But some people just get so overwhelmed that they're just like, okay, I don't know what to do. And whenever I, be, whenever I start coaching my clients, I tell them, I said, I'm going to give you a set of macros, but I, you don't have to hit them perfectly. I, I don't, you know, I want you to, I want you to fill those macros in however you see fit. Eat what you want. Just try to be consistent with it. And I tell them, if you're consistent 85% of the time, you'll get to where you want to be. I mean, that is, it's, it's that simple. And, and like, there's like, well, I have to do cardio and I hate cardio. No, you don't go for a walk. Like yes. walking is walking is such an underrated exercise. I don't know why it people is. like, don't like why people just don't walk more. Like it's a very easy exercise to do. Get some fresh air, go out and get some sun, get some vitamin D in your system, go out and outside with the kids, you know, whatever. So but, walking, you know, like, Taylor, I, I don't you know. That's a good point. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. You're good. I'm sorry. You brought up a good point with opening yourself up to opportunities. And that's a bigger thing. It's a huge thing for everybody. Right. But especially people who are not successful yet is they're like, oh, well, I don't have opportunity. Everybody has almost unlimited opportunity to grow, especially in a financial sense. It's easy. Like uh, the an average 40 year old in America is 10 times more likely to become a millionaire than have a six pack. Right. So as far as the money sense of things, especially it's easy to open yourself up to opportunities. The problem is people are scared to take those opportunities when they do come up. And when they see an opportunity, they automatically block it out because of the fear they have of losing money or some discomfort 
They're afraid of that discomfort. And so they block that opportunity out as unrealistic, not real, not practical. Right. A couple examples here personally. Um, so <clears throat> my dad is a genius, right? Growing up with him, it's like, I don't know if he's autistic or what, but he's just like super, super genius when it comes to computer programming, software development, stuff like that. And <clears throat> back when I was a little kid, uh, Bill Gates was just starting out with Microsoft, right? Um, and Windows was coming out and all that kind of stuff. It hadn't been released to the public yet. Everybody's running on MS-DOS. And my dad was a programmer for MS-DOS. He understood the program very well. And I remember him talking. We were at a friend's uh, place after church for lunch. And he and the dad, the, the other husband, were talking about how Bill Gates was an idiot. And the conversation came up because Bill Gates had tried to hire my dad to develop Windows. And my dad's like, this guy's a complete idiot. He's working out of his garage. MS-DOS is here to stay. It's the only program that's ever going to be used in the entirety of humanity, right? Like, this guy's an idiot. So he turned the job opportunity down to start literally in Bill Gates' garage, like, building out windows. And then another opportunity came up, you know, this was more recent, where a guy had an idea. If you've seen on the Ford Mustangs how the blinkers are intermittent, they work their way out. That's my dad's design. So this guy came to my dad and said, okay, I know you're a programmer. You can develop this program. I want this light designed for my Mustang because he's in a, he was in a car uh, collection club, whatever, for Mustangs. He's like, I want the blinkers to be intermittent working out. And so my dad designed the program. And, my, and the guy's like, I don't have the money to pay you. So if you want, I think it was like 10% of the company, I'll pay you you know, a percentage of the company. Um, and my dad's like, no, I'd rather have the cash up front now because he was afraid to lose the money. Right. And now the guy took it to trade shows. It's patented. It's on every Mustang coming out of the factory. Right. Like it's that fear. And my dad's biggest thing all throughout my childhood and growing up was the fear of not having enough money because he grew up during the depression. Right. His, his biggest fear was not having enough money. And so by letting that fear control his life, he lost out on the opportunities to have millions and millions and millions of dollars more than he has now. Uh, this has been, this is good. I, I wanted to say something. I've been taking a couple notes here. Uh, Callan talked about confidence. And so like, how do you build confidence, right? And I wanna talk about this and then also tie this into what Taylor was saying, right? Going, you're, you, you can just take those small steps and, and, and you can start at 1% today to next the next two weeks. And then in two weeks, you can get to 2%. And then in, in four weeks, you can get to 6% and 7% and get up to 85%. And if you're just working at 85%, you'll get your, 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 your goals done. Or what Brian was saying around, around fear of, of like things because you have a fear of, uh, of loss of the money thing. And, and I, and I want to try to tie all this stuff together. I have this thing that I do like measuring the, the gap measure versus measuring the gain when we when you first start out when 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 we think about things we're taught this in school right to to measure the gap of like hey your score is 100 you're at a 74 or you're at 86 or whatever it is and you're measuring the gap right and it programs people to think about hey I've got a list of things to do today, right? I got a show of things on here that these things will help me move forward. And at the end of the day, right? I, as you can see, I got green highlighter. I've got several of these things knocked off here, but at the end of the day, I've got 20% of the list accomplished. And a lot of people will go through and measure the gap as in what are the 80 other, what's the 80% of your list you didn't do. And when you go through and you start measuring the gain of the things that you do and you reduce, you compress, like what Taylor was saying, the size of the steps, you start building that confidence. Cause like, you're like, what is confidence? How do you build confidence? Well, how do you build confidence? You have to show the fuck up for yourself. And if you compress the step, right? How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So when you're trying to achieve making a million dollars a year, when you're trying to achieve a six pack, when you're trying to achieve a, a passionate, exciting, amazing relationship with your spouse or friends, or you are so incredibly anxious and depressed and telling yourself all these crazy stories, you compress that down to these tiny, littlest microscopic steps, pick up your socks. They've been on the floor. 
for three fucking weeks. Wash your dishes. <laughs> it, it's literally, it sounds so silly. It's literally so silly. But with wait, what Taylor was saying, 85%, great. Start at a fraction of 1%. Start at a quarter of 1% towards that goal. Because uh, it it's literally we we the, I didn't build my fucking physique two hundred thirty pounds of you know sitting eleven percent body fat twenty four like hours a day seven days a week three sixty five by like getting to this point I started at a fucking little dwarf who didn't know what the f he was doing and fucked shit up perpetually but it was like let me just do a quarter percent of what I need to do. And when I started to apply, I did this, we all did this in the fitness realm. Like we could all relate to this in the fitness realm. But when you take that, that same strategy and you break it down really small and you start showing up for yourself in all the areas of your life that are important to you in the relationship, you're like, shit, maybe I should not have responded in the way I responded to my spouse. Cool. Owning that. Hey, babe, I could have done better in there. And I, and I thank you for your patience in, you know, when I was responding that way, because when you take that quarter percent approach to all areas of life, shit gets easy as fuck. It's easy because then you're building confidence every day because you're showing up for yourself and all the shit that you know you should be doing. And you build this tremendous amount of confidence to just get started on shit, to get shit done because you're just, you know, you understand that it's a process. It's a journey. And if I just, if I just do 20% of my list, like the important shit on my list, just 20% per day, holy shit. Like, Life changes very quickly because I'm getting 20% of my shit done every day. The 80% who gives a shit about? I didn't get that shit done. Who gives a fuck? Let's focus on the other shit. Uh, that's all I got to say. We're probably going to wrap things up, but uh, yeah. I we should probably grab a couple of the comments if you guys this have This is a great conversation. It is. Hey, really quick, Brian. Brian, you probably understand that well, right? Because you're in the military. What's the first thing you do when you get up? Make your bed, right? Yeah, it's achieve, like the key to success. Yeah, if you can achieve that, well, then you're productive. Now you can do something else that's small. Something I, else that's small I saw a really good, I saw a really good commencement speech by I think it was a naval general, and he said that if you can take one life lesson from him or somebody graduating college, I think was the context. He said if you learn to do one thing out of all of your life up to this point, it is first thing you do in the morning, make your bed. Because that sets the discipline, it sets an initiative, you've accomplished a task before you've ever even left your bedroom. You've got something completed for the day, and that is your your base for the rest of the day. You have that done, the rest of the day is a cakewalk, because in that first two minutes of being awake, you've set a goal, you've completed the mission, the task is done, and you did it right. Yes, awesome, awesome conversation. Can I, can I throw one more statement, just kind of finishing everything off here? And I think it's going to add a lot of value to all the listeners and stuff like that. If you guys are in a situation currently where you're like, um, you know, I'm afraid of loss, like Brian was talking about, oh, I'm afraid to start a business and lose money or et cetera. You can't just change the fear. So instead, change your perspective. Start thinking and looking at it a different way. What's going to happen in your life if you don't do anything at all? So is the juice worth the squeeze taking the risk to start the business, to start in the gym or what have you? Yeah. Good. Great. Hey, I, I personally enjoyed this conversation today, fellas. So thank you guys for your time. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. We need to get some, to some of these comments sometimes. So hopefully next week in the podcast, we can get caught up on those. Thank you guys for watching. Make sure that you share this. We're on Spotify and all of the other platforms that have podcast hosting. Um, I'll put a link in the video description when this goes on to YouTube. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for being on the show, and we will see you next week, same time. Take care.